Welcome to Good News on Catholic Spirit Radio, a program for teens and almost teens to better understand that the gospel of Jesus Christ is relevant in their lives. And it's a place where your questions about faith and religion can be answered. And now, here's your host, Deacon Al. Thank you, John, and welcome to Good News. This is Deacon Al. I'm a permanent deacon here in the Peoria Diocese, coming to you each weekend here on Catholic Spirit Radio. And uh, we like to break open the the scriptures from the weekend's mass and talk about them and how they affect our lives today, uh, because these aren't just things about what happened two thousand years ago. Uh, God's word is is here to affect us each day in all times, and it's uh, just as uh, useful and just as applicable in today's world as it was two thousand years ago. And more importantly, it's applicable at every age of life. Uh, there's there's things that can be learned. There's great wisdom in the scriptures that can help guide us and support us, whether we're preteens or teenagers or adults or even, uh, like myself, well well into the thick of my adulthood. So uh, we hope you gain something, glean something out of the scriptures that we look at today. I was just, it's amazing. This is the eighth Sunday of Ordinary Time already. It seems like it was just a few weeks ago when we were here in the studios of Catholic Spirit Radio recording the nativity scene. And in a couple of days, in like three days, we start the Lenten season. We're into Easter. Crazy how fast that week goes. Oh my, or the year rather, how fast the year goes. So here we are, uh, ordinary time, which means accounting time, not not just a run-of-the-mill time, not that kind of ordinary uh, we, we talk about ordinary time as numbers. We're counting. And what we're counting towards is <clears throat> Easter. And then we have another ordinary time after Easter where we count towards Christmas. So here we are now, just a few days away from Lent. I understand Lent's going to start on a Wednesday this year. Who thought? For those of you non-Catholics, Lent always starts on a Wednesday. It always starts with Ash Wednesday. And uh, you might be one of those people who see us in the grocery store and say, "You got, you got a little. There's something. You got a little something right, right there, right, right above, right above your eyebrows there. That's that's ashes. Those those are ashes that have been uh, blessed during a mass. They're actually ashes that are made out of the burning of the palms that came that were distributed last year at Palm Sunday during Holy Week. So we collect those palms and we we burn them and we use those ashes." To, uh, mar- to mark the foreheads of uh, of our of Christians and you know it's really interesting we have we've had at our masses a number of people who come every year and say well I'm not Catholic but I want to get ashes and sure fine you know just you'll you'll hear us say when to line up for it and uh, and we do that to remind ourselves of our of the humility that we should be holding in our hearts about our Christian faith that we started out as dirt Adam was created from the soil. We started out as dirt, and we finish up as dirt, ashes to ashes, dust to dust. Uh, we, we begin very humbly. We end very humbly. And so it's to our credit to stay humble in between and not get too full of ourselves, as we so so often uh, tend to do. Uh, but we can talk about that in a minute. But we have. I just want to remind you that Easter is, I mean, it's just a few days away when we when we start into the Lenten season. So I want to take this time now to invite you to a very special part of Easter, and one that not a lot of people take part of. Everybody comes to Ash Wednesday. I'm, I'm shocked. You know that 
uh, except for Christmas Mass and Easter Mass, Ash Wednesday is the most attended Masses that we have all year round. The most attended. Ash Wednesday is almost equal in attendance to Christmas and Easter. And I think that's great, especially since Ash Wednesday, out of the three, Ash Wednesday is not a holy day of obligation. It's not required that you come and get ashes. It's a choice. Um, whereas with Christmas and Easter, those are holy days of obligation. They are so important that the church says, if, if, you're actually, if you're actually in your faith and your faith is actually in you, you will be in attendance on these special feasts of, of the year. Ash Wednesday is not one of those. And yet, it's one of the highest attended Masses of the year. And I think that's because people like being reminded of their Christian faith. They, they want to be able, it's, it's, a, it's a personal brand, you know, like they brand cattle to show ownership. Ash Wednesday is a, is a moment of branding, uh, it's similar to our baptism, similar to our confirmation, where we're marked, we're sealed to show uh, our, our choice in our dedication to our Christian faith. And Ash Wednesday is one of those branding moments where we show this is the herd we belong to. This is, this is who we are. This is what I personally chose to believe in. And so uh, I think it's great that, that we see so many faces that we often don't see except at Christmas and Easter come back to, uh, to receive the brand of, uh, of Ash Wednesday. So what I want to invite you to is the next really important part of, of the Easter season, and that's the Triduum. So that starts with Holy Thursday, the evening of Holy Thursday. It's a Mass that continues through Friday into Saturday. And the Saturday Vigil Mass of Easter is probably the most gorgeous uh, celebration in the Church. If you've never been to an Easter Vigil Mass, or if it's been a long time since you've been there, you need to come. You need to experience sitting in a totally silent, totally dark church filled with people as they await the, the single flame of the light of Christ to enter through the doors of the church from outside and proceed up to the altar where the Paschal candle is, is, is established. Um, it just it brings tears to my eyes every, every time I experience vigil. And so many important things happen. Thursday, we, uh, we celebrate uh, the establishment of the Eucharist, the Last Supper. Uh, Good Friday, we remember uh, the, the agony and the passion of the crucifixion. And Saturday, we celebrate, uh, we begin to celebrate the resurrection and the, the actual beginning of, of the church. So this is a, and then it ends, of course, on, on Easter Sunday. So from Thursday through Sunday, the Triduum, uh, a really beautiful, beautiful part of the celebration of, of our Christian faith, and would invite you to uh, bring the whole family and experience the entire, the entire celebration of the Mass there. So uh, you'll see you'll see lots of announcements over the next few weeks about when mass times will be at all the different parishes in town. Um, please take part in it. Oh, another thing I should say on on Thursday, uh, the the mass doesn't end Thursday. There's no dismissal. What happens is after communion, we we repose, we reposition uh, the sacred uh, body and blood of Christ into. A separate tabernacle set aside 
in a garden, the Garden of Gethsemane, where Christ goes to pray before his arrest. And so we actually see Christ's body moving over into Gethsemane as he awaits his, his arrest. And so there's a there's a tradition in town of traveling from Catholic church to Catholic church, and we're very lucky to have so many churches in town and to visit the various gardens and pray in the various gardens of Gethsemane at the, at the different masses. And if you've never done that before, that's just a beautiful experience as you meet other pilgrims who are traveling from parish to parish. Uh, so talk to your parish, maybe put a bus together and um, and make the run that night. Uh, it usually starts around 9 o'clock and runs to about midnight. They just go and, and visit the other Catholic churches in town uh, to pray and to, to see the beautiful gardens. We do a very nice one at Holy Trinity as well at Historic St. Patrick's. I know they do a beautiful one at St. Mary's and Epiphany and over at uh, St. Pat's of the airport, St. Pat's of Myrna. Mm-hmm. We like to call it St. Pat's at the airport. Just <clears throat> just a little dig at our, friend, at our brothers and sisters there that uh, we, we love so much. So uh, Easter's coming celebration of the resurrection, uh, make time out to take part in the triduum and reestablish your, your contact with the, the beautiful traditions of your faith. So our readings today, our first one is very short. It's from the book of uh, Sirach. Ben Sirach was uh, a very wise man in, in the Jewish community, a rabbi. And uh, a lot of people don't know, it was his grandson who wrote uh, this part of the scripture. His grandson found the writings of his uh, grandfather, Ben Sirach, and uh, and he wrote these scriptures with that have great wisdom in them. So Sirach writes in this one, When a sieve is shaken, the husks appear. So do one's faults when one speaks. As the test of what the potter molds is in the furnace, so in tribulation is the test of the just. The fruit of a tree shows the care it has had. So too does one's speech disclose the bend of one's mind. Praise no one before he speaks, for it is then that people are tested. The word of the Lord. So what was it uh, my dad used to always tell us? You can, uh, some people, and I'm going to have to remember how it, how it goes. Uh, better to let some people think you're foolish than to open your mouth and prove it. So our, our wisdom, our character is expressed through our words. So don't trust anybody or think you know anyone until you hear them talk and and see what they say, Uh, because our words reveal what's in our hearts. Uh, Just this this last weekend, we had a reading from from the scriptures where we're reminded uh, by Jesus that we're not defiled by what we eat, because what goes into our mouth just goes down to our stomach and pretty soon, within a few hours, ends up in the latrine. But what comes out of our mouth what comes out of our mouth comes from our heart and it shows who we truly are and what we truly think. And those are the things that can defile us. And Sirach is saying much the same thing here. Be careful what you say because it reveals what you really think and who you really are. Our second reading is from Paul to the Corinthians. Paul writes, brothers and sisters, when this which is corrupt- corruptible clothes itself in incorruptibility, this which is mortal clothes itself in immortality. Then the word that is written shall come about. Death is swallowed up in victory. Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. 
Therefore, my beloved brothers and sisters, be firm, steadfast, always follow, devoted to the work of the Lord, always fully devoted to the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. The word of the Lord. So Paul is telling us that at some point we're going to give up this life, this world, this structure, this human structure that we're in, and we're going to find ourselves in a whole new life, in a whole different environment, in a whole different uh, set of circumstances. And that's a good thing. That's that, that eternal life, that, that next life that's promised us through Christ, through the salvation promised by Christ. Not because, and we're not holy because of the law, which is the mistake that the Pharisees made. They thought, they felt that if they obeyed all the laws, that would make them holy. Holiness comes from being one with God, from being in relationship, from taking on God-like uh, character, not from just obeying laws. That means that what you do brings you salvation. And it's not what you do, it's who you are, it's who you become. Christ came to show us how to become like him, like God, like in the likeness that we were meant to be. And that's what brings us salvation, is God's grace through us finding his likeness in our lives. Our gospel reading, again from Luke. As we've mentioned before, we're going to hear a lot of Luke this year because we're in cycle C, which is all about Luke. There'll be a little smattering of Mark, a little smattering of John as we go along. Might even hear, by, hear about Matthew once upon a time here. But right now, we're heavy into Luke. And he writes, Jesus told his disciples a parable. Can a blind person guide a blind person? Will not both fall into a pit? No disciple is superior to the teacher, but when fully trained, every disciple will be like his teacher. Why do you notice the splinter in your brother's eye, but do not perceive the wooden beam in your own? How can you say to your brother, Brother, let me remove that splinter in your eye, when you do not even notice the wooden beam in your own eye? You hypocrite. Remove the wooden beam from that eye first, then you will see clearly to remove the splinter from your brother's eye. A good tree does not bear rotten fruit, nor does a rotten tree bear good fruit. For every tree is known by its own fruit. For people do not pick figs from thorn bushes, they do not gather grapes from brambles. A good person out of the store of goodness in his heart produces good. But an evil person out of a store of evil produces evil. For from the fullness of the heart, the mouth speaks. The gospel of the Lord. So again, he's, he's referring back to what we heard from, from Sirach at the very beginning. That from the fullness of the heart, the mouth speaks. What comes out of us comes from our heart. It betrays who we really are, or it supports who we really appear to be. You can't hide who you are from God. You might, you might be able to hide it from other people for a time being, but eventually your words and your actions are going to give you, give you away. You just can't hide that. Good fruit does not come from a bad tree, and bad fruit doesn't come from a good tree. So eventually people will see what you're actually made of, but God sees it from the very beginning. God knows who you are. You can't hide that. And so he's calling us to be that good tree, but more important, he's calling us to be good to others, to share our goodness with others, and you can't share what you don't have. If you're trying to lead people to Christ, 
and you aren't Christ-like yourself, it's not going to work. It's the blind leading the blind. So before you try to bring other people into God's love, you have to enter into God's love first. You have to look at your own faults, at, at the splinter in your own eye, and remove that first. Uh, just like my brother deacons and I have to be very aware that we can't expect to serve God if we have this splinter in our eye where we're sinning against God. And I'm not to, that's not to say that clergy is perfect, but you'll find as hard as it is for, uh, for most people to go to confession, it's, hard, it's probably harder for clergy. And we, we make use of that confessional booth frequently because we know through Scripture that if we're to help bring others to Christ— we first have to make sure that we're in a good relationship with Christ. We're constantly pulling splinters out of our own eyes uh, so that we can be in some kind of a position to help others in need. So if you're in a position of helping others, a teacher, um, a minister of of any sort, uh, any kind of a vocation, you know the importance of keeping up your skills in order to be able to serve If you're a nurse, you have continuing ed hours that you have to do because there's always new things coming up in in the world of medicine, and you need to know how to deal with it to help the people that that your vocation leads you to to, to serve. If you're a teacher, you have continuing education you have to do in order to properly serve your students because uh, our, our range of knowledge broadens constantly. This is true of lay people in the church. If you're going to bring Christ to your children— you need to come to Christ first as, as a parent before you can share that because you can't offer to someone else something you don't have. So this, this need of, for continual growth, for continual reflection on our own faults, uh, for, continuing, uh, for continually uh, seeking out uh, God's mercy for our sins is an important tool in order to be able to bring others to Christ. And that's what we're called to do. Uh, Jesus said, go out to all nations to share the good news. You can't share the good news if you don't not only know the good news, but if you aren't living the good news in your own life. And that's what Christ calls us to uh, each and every day. And that's the mission of, of the church. I'll change that and say that differently. The church doesn't have a mission. Christ has a mission. And he put the church here to help us achieve that mission. And so we we invite you to continue to grow in Christ, to continue to look for ways to bring others to Christ. But first, you have to bring yourself to Christ. Again, it's always a pleasure to spend time with you on Good News. I hope there was something here today for you to think about, uh, for you to bring to prayer, for you to consider in your life, to, uh, to enrich your relationship with God and with your neighbor because that's what we're, we're here to do. Uh, this is Deacon Al for Catholic Spirit Radio. Have a wonderful week. God bless. You've been listening to Good News on Catholic Spirit Radio, a program for teens and almost teens to better understand that the gospel of Jesus Christ is relevant in your life. Submit your questions to Deacon Al at goodnews at catholicspiritradio.com. That's goodnews at catholicspiritradio.com. Deacon will answer your questions about faith and religion. Thank you for listening to Good News on Catholic Spirit Radio.